Good morning, everyone. My name is Susan Van Riesen, and it is great to see your faces. And it's great to know that you're online with us. Thank you for joining us this morning. It's really good and comforting to be together. We are in the midst of a sermon series called The Healthy Church, God's Design for a Strong Church Body. How's that for a bold statement, a bold topic? The healthy church, God's design for a strong church body. We are not trying to insinuate that we are all that healthy of a church, but we want to be. And we know that God has a lot of wisdom for us in terms of pursuing life as a healthy church. So let us lay ourselves at the feet of the word of God. Uh, today's scripture passage gives us an opportunity to consider how spiritual gifts play into the topic of a healthy church. So join me as I read the word of God today. This is from 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11. Now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Now, this passage, I realize, is pretty dense in terms of bang, 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 listing out a whole bunch of different spiritual gifts. So let me list them out for you. There's a list here. So in this passage, it talks about a word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith. Gifts of healing, working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. I want to begin by laying out a few things uh, that we know about spiritual gifts in general. Let me share four things that seem especially relevant to our congregation today. First of all, and this should be quite obvious to you if you paid attention uh, as I read the scripture at all. They, the spiritual gifts, are given and used by the same spirit, distributed as he, the Holy Spirit, determines. If I could see that next slide. The spirit is mentioned eight different times in these five short verses, four short verses. So it's of the Spirit, through the Spirit, by means of the Spirit, by the same Spirit, by that one Spirit. All these things are the work of the one and the same Spirit. He distributes as he determines. And I want to say, okay, okay, I get it. It's by the Spirit, okay. There's something, I get the sense, there's a theme here. Holy Spirit, yes. So clearly the author Paul is trying to uh, hammer in the topic of like, yeah, these are spiritual gifts, but the one big theme I want you to get, and I'm going to repeat it a billion different times, is it's of the Holy Spirit, okay? These gifts are not created or earned or owned by an individual person. And like the Holy Spirit, 
The spiritual gifts are mysterious, powerful, beautiful, inspirational, real, and yet not something that we can control, quantify, or sometimes even understand. Amen? Like the Holy Spirit. Secondly, spiritual gifts are developed in community. Verse 7, and those of you who were really paying attention know that uh, we talked about this verse last week as well. Verse 7 says it's for the common good. For the common good. So the purpose of the, of the gifts of the Spirit is not to build ourselves up individually, but to build up the common good, right? To build up the body of Christ. And generally, you, in order to build up the body of Christ, you have to be a trusted person, a present person, in order to build that community up. A number of years ago, right before the pandemic started, I got a call I got multiple phone messages at the church office by a woman who really wanted to talk to the lead pastor. So I called her back, and we chatted for a while, and she said that she grew up Muslim and had come to Christ and had um, ministered, sharing her testimony, in a number of different places all around, the, especially the Pacific Northwest. And she found that she had a gift of prophecy, and she let me know that she held the office of a prophet. Could we offer her opportunities to minister and possibly live? Uh, because her family was back here in the Bay Area. And I said to her, wow, that's awesome that you've come to Christ. So wonderful that you've been able to use your gifts and minister. Even more that you want to come to this area and minister by your gifts of the Spirit. But I need you to come and be a part of our congregation. I need you to build trust. I need us to be able to know you and you to be able to know us. Because the gifts of prophecy or any gifts are best uh, experienced and given in community. So I don't want you to just plop down and give words of prophecy because it's for the common good. And for in the common good, fellowship, uh, actual relationship, these things are mandatory in order to build one another up. Strangely, I did not hear from her, even though I invited her to come and get to know us and all that stuff. But this phone conversation made me realize, and it really deeply rooted in me, this conviction that one's spiritual gifting is not something that belongs to individual. It is not something that you commute with, nor is it for you to use uh, for your own needs. It is for the body of Christ, nurtured by the body of Christ. These things are developed in relationship within the body of Christ for the members or future members of the body of Christ. So if you want to grow in your spiritual gifts, be in deep relationship with a body of Christ. Could be this one, could be a different one, doesn't really matter. But if you want to just skim along the surface of community and take small sips of fellowship, you can totally do that. Just, you can. It is an option. It is a choice. But don't expect that you will grow in your spiritual gifts or spiritual maturity, for that matter, because these things are meant to, are designed to grow and be nurtured and developed within Christian community. 
spiritual gifts are developed in the community of the body of Christ. Thirdly, spiritual gifts are not for the purpose of feeling good about yourself, to feel valuable, or to be impressive or popular. If that's how you see it, you are missing the point. It's not something that one has earned or makes you any better or distinct than anyone else. It is distributed as the Lord sees fit, right? So it's not something like, wow, Susan, man, she really worked so hard and she earned herself a doctorate in the gift of prophecy. No, that is not how we are to see it. It is distributed by the Lord as the Lord sees fit. And if we use them to think of ourselves any better, justified in any way, that is not only unwise, it is heresy. For anything that we might use to justify ourselves other than the cross of Christ is against the gospel of Christ, amen? amen. We are not to justify ourselves or think of ourselves any better any, value, any more valuable by anything that we might uniquely have about us. The purpose of spiritual gifts is not to build ourselves up. It is to build up the body of Christ. Yes, in order for the local body of Christ to be able to receive it, to, uh, to use it, to nurture it, and for a greater blessing to spill over from the body of Christ to, in real ways, to wherever God has planted that body. And in order for those gifts to be nurtured and to grow, there must be trust, respect, relationship. All the things that we know helps us to grow, where you know people and you are known. Having a spiritual gift does not mean that it always looks a certain way or that it makes a person perfect. No person is a cookie cutter uh, of another just because you might have some Venn diagram overlap of the same spiritual gift, right? Each child of God is so different, and they're going to use those gifts in a different way. There's no point comparing yourself to someone else because God has made them unique, even though after a while you're going to be able to see, ah, I see what that is. It's the Lord and the aroma of generosity, or oh, I've seen that before, you know, uh, of prayer, I've seen that. And unfortunately, we've all met people who are very gifted, but they haven't grown in the other things as it's such a spiritual maturity that allows that gift to be a blessing to other people, right? There might be people who are amazingly skilled or amazingly gifted, but their spiritual gifts will serve no good purpose because they haven't dealt with deep areas of brokenness or sin in their lives. So spiritual gifts must be paired with spiritual maturity in order to have a good long-term impact. We grow in spiritual gifts as we give ourselves to the communal work of the gospel. I really want to emphasize this is so important for us to know before we talk, uh, dive into talking about specific spiritual gifts. Because you know, we're American. Many of us are Americans. And those of you who are not Americans, you're here now. And you're being influenced by a very individualistic culture of thinking, that's my spiritual gift. Put it in my pocket. But that is not 
the gospel, and that is not the biblical understanding of spiritual gifts. We grow in our spiritual gifts as we give ourselves to the communal work of the gospel. We show that we are faithful with a little before we are trusted with much more. When I was one year out of college, I lived with a community of girls, um, and we were all doing ministry of some sort. And, uh, you know, we had a variety of personalities. I myself was very excited about the big picture of the kingdom of God and ministry and all that was going on. We're going to claim our college campus for Christ. However, I didn't really see myself as spiritually gifted in the realm of doing dishes. I couldn't be concerned with doing housework because we were too busy doing the work of the kingdom of God. My mentor noticed this and wisely quoted Luke 16.10, which says, Whoever is faithful in little things will be trusted with much. And she said to me, if you really want to grow in getting your campus for Christ, do your dishes. Become someone who serves in small and big ways. We don't always get to serve in ways that perfectly align with our preferred or individual spiritual gifts, amen? Sometimes you have to serve because it has to be done. And even though you might not feel that you yourself have that gifting of sweeping the floor, it's the thing to be done. And as we all give ourselves to gen the general work of uh, the body of Christ or the household that you live in, that is the place where you have the opportunity to grow in spiritual maturity and in spiritual gifts, along with wisdom and humility. I'd like to talk about the spiritual gifts a bit more specifically, um, helpers. Ron Giles and other helpers are going to pass out a piece of paper. We're going old school today. I'm passing out a paper with like stapled by a little staple and everything. So um, how's that for a unique experience you haven't had in a while? So I'm going to pass out these papers. I think we have enough for almost one for everyone. If you're um, sitting next to a spouse that you like to share with, you might want to share with a spouse uh, or a good friend. So this is how Dr. Bobby Clinton, who was a professor of mine from Fuller Seminary, this is how Dr. Clinton, oh, can we make sure some of them go outside too? Susie, thank you. Um, let, yeah, let's make sure we have some for outside. And if you're watching online with us, I, I think we should have a, a link um, for you to download as well. So no, before you all dive in, here, here, here are a few caveats. Um, because the English words that are translate the uh, Greek words from the New Testament are, um, they're just our translation. So they might be translated as different words. Okay, so some people, you know, they may say the gift of administration or the gift of, what are they called there? Huh? Governments. governments. Yeah, some people call it administration or governments or whatever. So uh, we're not going to, like, focus on the exact English words. 
But, and Dr. Clinton drew from a number of different New Testament passages to come up with this chart, especially in including 1 Corinthians 12. You'll notice here um, that there are four general categories. So just for the sake of organization, he's grouped them into four general categories. He says that there are the love gifts, the power gifts, word gifts, and leadership gifts. So, and then there's the definition at the top, and then in the um, column, there's a general explanation of what it might look like. Now, um, some of this is through Dr. Clinton as a older generation, white, academic, theological man. His experience might look like something else in a very different context. So just take that as a grain of salt in terms of the description of that. But I would like to be able to share with you a, uh, some snapshots of what it might look like in our context. So obviously there are lots of spiritual gifts. I have chosen one person from each of the different categories from our church. Would you guys go ahead and come on up and grab a chair? Yeah, I think it's good. All right. So I have asked these folks. Um, I basically said to them, hey, I am guessing that you have this spiritual gift. Do you think that's right? And they were like, yeah, okay, maybe. Uh, I asked them to pray and reflect. And... Um, and then I'm going to ask him a few questions and share. So just, um, why don't you just real quick introduce yourselves and what is the spiritual gift that you're representing this morning? Yeah. Hi. I'm Christian Gonzalez Ho, and I'm representing the spiritual gift of prophecy. Prophecy. Jim Hart, and I'm representing uh, uh, pastoral gifting. My name is Chi Ray Chen, and I am representing the gift of governments on your sheet. <laughs> He's like, I thought it was administration this whole time, but okay. <laughs> I'm Jan Davis, and I'm res representing healing. Okay, great. Uh, let's go back to Christian. And um, can you, uh, how is it that God showed you that this is something that he's given to you? And can you give us one example of how you've seen that gift at work in your life? Um, so... That sheet is really interesting because it talks about like the gift of prophecy being about speaking in a way that is convincing to others. The first thing that came to mind, this is kind of an embarrassing story, but it just shows you how far back it could go. When I was four, I hated Halloween, like despite I like hated the gore and all that stuff. So my mom always tells the story. We're walking through a mall and there was a Halloween store and I stood in front of the store and I was like, God hates this. <laughs> Jesus hates. <laughs> so, uh, I think that like that kind of willingness to speak very publicly about things I feel very passionately against, whether it's like colonialism or Halloween, um, <laughs> um, is, is very much a part of me. I I think I realized it um, more so as I got older, and I received uh, prophecy and. Um, I, the next week, this is this is like uh, how I became like more aware of it. Uh, I had this. I was praying for somebody, and my and this is about community too. My friends were like, "Prophecy works. Like, if you get a picture or something, like, just share it. Just like try it out, see what happens." So I'm praying for this girl, and um, I get a picture of a strawberry donut, and I'm like, "I'm not. This is like bizarre. So weird." And so I was like, I'm not going to tell her this. I'm waiting for something more uh, clear. And 
that's all I have. So I'm like, okay, I see like the Lord is showing me like a strawberry donut and she just starts crying and she's like, um, her dad had just passed away and she was like, my dad and I used to eat strawberry donuts together. And like, she suddenly like felt like God knew her in like, like a deep and connected way. And so it really opened up to me the reality that, oh, I, that's something I need to be willing to press into. Um, yeah. Thanks. So, so a, uh, a pastoral gift, uh, by the way, I don't have the gift of remembering what I'm going to say, so that's why I might note. So a pastoral gift is a compassionate and I believe intentional and relational care for others following Jesus. It's not necessarily a gift uh, for the office of pastoring, which can be confusing to some. Um, the reality is it takes, I think, a lot more than a pastoral gift to lead a church. And so when hearing about this gift, some people immediately think about those who do it full time uh, with the title of pastor. But I think it's quite the opposite. I believe that the church can only be adequately pastored if lay people step up into this gift. So one of the early ways I discovered this gifting was through leading uh, small groups and leading special events. Um, so this is a plug. Um, if you want to discover your gifting, get involved, I think, in a small group. Um, yes. Uh, giftings can be expressed in large groups for sure, and that's very public. Uh, but they are frequently discovered and I believe matured through uh, routine gatherings with people uh, that get to know you. It's the communal thing that, uh, that Susan was talking about. Um, it was his Holy Spirit, I think, that showed me this gift, and he had some help in, um, listen, in my listening to God by my wife speaking to me, and leaders in the church, and a spiritual director, all kind of exploring what motivates me and what inspires me and, and what feels good when I lead in ministry all helping me to take notice of, of, of what, uh, what this gift's about, so. Sorry, I'm just gonna take this. <laughs> Go ahead. All right, so I, um, I, have, I think I have the gift of um, what's on your sheet as governments, which was surprising to me because I'd never heard of that term before. Susan shared it with me earlier this week. Um, I've always known it as the gift of administration. Um, and uh, some of you might be surprised to think of this as this type of ability as a spiritual gift at all. Um, I know that I was um, when I first learned about it, um, because growing up in church, I'd always only ever heard of the leadership gifts and sometimes the word gifts and never the power gifts, um, because those were to be wary of, apparently. Um, <laughs> And uh, so the, the love gifts were often kind of relegated as um, kind of second-class spiritual gifts. Mm -hmm. And that was, um, that was challenging um, to me growing up. Um, there was kind of a seeming, seeming hierarchy mm -hmm. of spiritual gifts, which, um, you know, even though it's never explicitly said, I think um, there was kind of a, this, um, this encouragement to strive for the greater gifts. Mm -hmm. uh, and it wasn't until sometime in college that I realized that um, the spiritual gifts aren't ranked 
um, and that none are better than others. Um, and of course, there's, it's true that some of them are more visible than others, um, and those people with some of those visible gifts will inadvertently um, uh, put, put certain gifts up kind of as more important as others, or than others. So I remember using my spiritual gift of administration uh, sometime in high school uh, when I was helping to administer a, or to organize a, um, a youth retreat. Um, and um, I, I recall that it came pretty easily to me. Um, and then over the years, I was able to use that same gift um, in my college fellowship and um, the various different churches that we'd been a part of. Um, and in fact, uh, when, um, when we were living in Boston, our senior pastor um, asked me to join the staff as um, the director of operations and um, what would be known as kind of an um, uh, administrative pastor. Um, and so that was a kind of a clear calling to use these gifts. Can I, I'm just going to interrupt and say, um, one thing I've realized is in learning about spiritual gifts is that often we don't recognize it in us and we need other people to call it out because for us, it's like just normal. You know, you're like, what? I just, you know, like when Chibri first came to our church and he was on some committee and the way he elegantly organized a spreadsheet, I was like in awe, like, you know, and he's like, what? You know, that's just normal to him. So I think that's why it's helpful for other people to speak into our lives. Again, another reason why we need to be in community. Go ahead, Jen. Well, my first identifiable gift was mercy, but I didn't want to cry all the time. And so I was reading one day Isaiah 58, 8, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke. I said, God, that's what I want. I want to set the captives free. I want people to know God is real and that he heals. I want to heal the brokenhearted. And that's when it actually started. Um, one of the examples he brought to mind this week, there were three, but the one that he wants me to share is, one night at a higher power recovery meeting, Wendy, Wendy, who was a woman who got healed of alcohol addiction two months prior, brought this woman in who was extremely agitated, very high, drunk, starting withdrawal symptoms, and she was violently aggressive. Wendy said to me, I want you to do to her what you did to me. I said, okay. Put my hands on her shoulders and I said, are you willing to be well? She was shaking so bad she couldn't even talk. But she shook her head, so I said, okay. We um, renounced the demon of addiction. I prayed that Lord would clear her body of alcohol and drugs, that her mind would be set free. Ten minutes later, she was sitting in that meeting clean, sober, and of sound mind. She went on to be a director of a recovery house, and we just had our 25-year uh, anniversary of higher power, and she came up to me and she said, you know, I still remember that night of light that saved my life. Wow. That's awesome. My last question is, um, what would you advise someone who wants to pursue this? And uh, by the way, I, I put knowledge there, Christian, and you're, uh, they're a little bit different, but um, I've just uh, heard some of your story, and I think sometimes it's words of knowledge as well. So, but, but either way, either uh, words of knowledge or prophecy, 
What would you say to someone who's like, I think that might be me. How do I grow? Yeah, I, um, I had the benefit of, I was part of helping start like a house of prayer, if you're familiar with that. It was like a, they were, they were basically just evenings of prayer. And so we would go from like six to sometimes we would stay. Well, usually I would be there till two in the morning. But, um, and part of that was that we would pray for people. Um, and it was just like a regular habit of praying for people and just asking the Lord, like, what do you want to say to this person? And sometimes it's just as simple as like, the Lord loves you. And I know that sounds really cheesy because um, people want to hear like, am I going to get married or something? I don't know. They want to hear like, you know, crazy things about their future. They think you're like a fortune teller. And that's not really how it works because I think like in, in, um, Corinthians 14, and, and it talks about the gift of prophecy and, and gifts of knowledge being capable of galvanizing someone's uh, clarity about the reality of God. And so I would say like, oh, and I practice uh, when I wake up in the morning, I just ask God, like, what are you saying to me? And I write a really, this might sound really crazy and weird, but I, I write out, uh, I say, I write Christian as if I'm writing a letter to myself and I just wait. And, and I kind of do this auto writing process where I don't think about what I'm writing. And I just ask the Holy Spirit to like speak to me and I'll write it out. Um, and even this morning there was this, uh, thing that happened this, like, it, we were going to go to Tahoe and this person didn't give us our money back because of the weather last week. And I was so mad and I was definitely not a Christian on the phone with them. But this morning I was like, God, what is that about? And then the first thing I wrote down was, you know, he hasn't taken anything from you that I didn't give to you. And that's not something I would just, and actually I wrote it down first and then I had to think about it for a couple of seconds. I was like, what? Oh, 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 okay. Okay. Um, and I find like that practice will really help me, to just not get in the way of what God is telling me. And sometimes you got to read it over and be like, that was true. That was definitely just me. But I feel like that daily practice for me helps me to clear out what's me and, and what's God and, and like all the things in between. And it'll give you just confidence and, and, and courage with people and do it and really do it in community. I think like that helps with other people in your small groups and our small group leader, uh, Matt, the youngs are really great with that. Um, and I would just say my wife has a podcast, Christina has a podcast on Apple and, um, Spotify, and it goes through a lot of stories of prophecy. Um, and I think it's actually really helpful to kind of think about, Oh, what could that look like? That's awesome. Great. Um, so I wrote five things. Um, number one, put yourself in a serving opportunity that would highlight your gifting or suspected gifting and see what happens. Um, small groups, again, are a great place for that. Number two, have courage and step out in using your gift and be willing to make mistakes and let God mature you. Um, that is much better done with people that know and love you. Um, so. That's an, another thing. Number three, ask others what they notice about you when you step out. And that can be sometimes a humbling thing, but it, it can be really helpful and affirming. Four, find someone that is just discovering uh, the gift much like your own 
or might be in a similar place with you as, uh, as you're gifting, or even further along in the journey, and share about uh, what it's like uh, having the Holy Spirit work through you in that way. And finally, uh, just pray and listen to the, the Holy Spirit as he moves you along. So, um, It seems to me that the gift of administration is one of those gifts that you can um, also practice and use outside of the church body. And so um, for me, I, I'm fortunate that I get to use it every day in my job. Um, and I would say that, um, yeah, I get to look at, uh, look at problems and address kind of all of the little details with a view of not only solving for the immediate issue, um, but also being mindful of how those choices have kind of knock-on effects and what the um, implications are for future choices. Um, so if you think that you have the gift of administration, I, I would say um, that you, just, you should just jump on in and use it. Um, you probably are, are already using it in other contexts, and um, the upfront visionary leaders who might not have the, um, the gift of administration will probably love you and be very, very grateful. Um, so as you lean into the practice, you'll probably learn that while God might not have given you the gift of teaching or the gift of mercy, um, your gift of administration empowers those with other gifts um, to thrive in the ways that they would not, uh, that would be held back from um, if they had to, if they were saddled with the kind of, um, the administration that they might find difficult or terribly dull or draining. Um, I think it's this might be one of the unique, it might be unique in that this gift is um, obviously, obviously for the community. Um, it's kind of useless for yourself for the most part. Um, and it enable, enables others to move powerfully in theirs. Hallelujah. Um, I think the first thing you need to do is search your heart. Do you really want to heal people? Is that something that just draws you? Ask God. He says, ask and you shall receive. And then the most important part is believe in your heart that you have it. Because God gives good gifts. And the last thing I would say is grab a prayer partner and practice. Say, I think this person needs, grab somebody and say, let's go do this and practice ministry. I wanna ask the congregation if we could give these guys a, a round of applause. Thank you guys. You can take your chair. It, I, especially because it is vulnerable to talk about this angle of your life. And, um, I, but all these guys have expressed that they would love to talk further or pray. And I realize that we've just focused on just a couple specific spiritual gifts. Um, but it, the, the list is broad. And um, I'd like to close by just saying two more things. One, it is wonderful to be useful to this world. It is really awesome to realize, oh, God made me to be useful. Not, I mean, and actually, Chibre, I would say, all of our spiritual gifts are nurtured in community, but for the community and outside of a Christian community, right? Um, prophecy, you name it, you know? Tongues, I don't know how that, I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's meant to be a blessing. And 
that's a meaningful life. God has given not just like, oh, this is a gift, but it's a gift in our bodies, in our, I mean, in our whole lives to be useful by God, for God, through God, by his Holy Spirit to the world. And that's part of the blessings of being a part of a community so that we can help you to be the you you're supposed to be, uh, matured up in Christ, knowing who you are, so that you can be useful and have a very meaningful life for however long the Lord gives you the gift of life, right? The purposes of our life is to not to have 2.4 children and a dog. The purpose of our life is to have meaning according to the, how the Lord has given it to us, right? And you, in fruitfully using your spiritual gifts is a part of that. Second thing I want to say is that this world needs a lot of help. And would you like to be equipped by the Holy Spirit to be of help to this world? I don't know about you, but I, I saw a, something from the news about the Monterey Park thing late last night, and I've just been sick. And this is just one example, right? It especially touches me because I used to live down there. And it's uh, targeting the Asian-American community. But this world needs a lot of help. There's people have been working for justice in this country for a long time, but it's not over. It's not over. And so if we walk in our spiritual gifts, that is one really excellent way for you to be equipped by the Holy Spirit to do good and live meaningfully, rightfully, with impact by spiritual power given to us by God. And it is a humble process. Whenever there's a diversity of gifts, it's, I said those things earlier in my sermon because it's tempting to be like, ooh, I'm enthralled by this one, or I want that, you know, because we're just uncomfortable or unsatisfied with our lives. But the purpose is to be to trust God that he will shape you and give you wisdom and clarity in your life as you walk in God. And that is to encourage you, if you have one year left of life, 50, 80 years left of life, best thing you could do is give God your life. Amen? And this is a part of what he'll do with it. He will, and it will be good. That I'm saying right now by the Holy Spirit, you guys. It will be good. Your life will be unbelievably good. And those of you who have anxiety about where your life is going, I want you to imagine letting go, like uh, untightening your hands upon your life. Because the promise of God for you today is that your life will be good in the Holy Spirit. Not that it will be easy or it will look like someone else's, but he's got a plan for you to use you powerfully to do good in this world and to be a part of the kingdom unfurling. And that is the invitation for you to believe that locally for yourself, for our loved ones, for the people that he's put us near. So would you join me as I pray for that for us? If you know that you're having a hard time trusting that God is pouring out his 
good Holy Spirit in your life, I want you to open up your hands while we all just have our eyes closed. Just pray with me. Lord God, I just pray that you would help us to let you use our lives. And we know that any good gifts or skills or abilities that we have, that's of you. And so we want to trust, Lord, that you will steward those gifts in us. We want to partner with you, Lord. We mostly, and first of all, I pray in Jesus' name that you would give us trust in you. That you know what you're doing with who we are and where we're going. We give to you again our lives. Please work in us, Lord. We want to be useful. We want our lives to be meaningful through the lens of you, your kingdom. But I pray that you would follow up with every person hearing this word this morning. Help us to lean into trust. And Lord, there are some of us here who've been rejecting the spiritual gifts that you've been pouring out to us. And I pray that you would help us to, to receive from you what you have for us. Come, Lord God.